Warning, this episode contains adult language, mature situations, divorcee archaeologists, secret agents, sky-surfing robots, annoying little girls, ray clones, violence, advanced technology, and excuses. Listener discretion is advised. Master Keaton investigates Treffer Waves, LFOs, Compact Drives, and Riffing. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Spirekin Monger Review. I'm your host, Zan. And I'm Cal. Ah, so how you doing today, man? I'm alright, how about you? I'm tired as shit. I worked a midnight shift for 13 hours yesterday. Yeah, well, I had similar experience this week, so... Yes. So we should really just not do this and just relax. But unfortunately, we get emails from people who say... You guys are late. You need to release more episodes. Yeah, what can we say? You know, yeah, we release things. when we can. What do you want? Yeah, and it's not like we don't have lives. Yeah, I mean we love doing this. Don't get me wrong. We love this. We love you guys. You guys are awesome. When you send us emails and when you contact us and send us shit, we love it. But you know, just it's been kind of busy lately. Don't worry, we're gonna get more episodes out. I think the last episode I released was the uh, Peach Girl episode. Yeah, and that should mean we're up to date as of. Wednesday. Oh, okay. Give or take. Cool. Except we gotta re-record a couple of the movie review stuff, but we'll be good with that as long as we get everyone together. That's the main thing. But, either way, so... Well, you can contact us at www.spirekin.com, which is our homepage. Check out any of our earlier episodes. You can email us at spirekin at gmail.com, zan at spirekin.com, cal.spirekin at gmail.com or well you can call us at 206-350-8462 you can follow us on twitter under spirekin and i think i am i forgetting something how are you i don't know i don't the forum spirekin.rapperboards.com where you can comment and talk to us and rant at us and leave a strange unusual message yeah and we need some more traffic on that forum where there's only like cal zan and like two other guys that ever say anything. So we need, we need yeah, to get a guy named a, Dart and a. Yeah, we gotta get a community oh. going there so that there's more uh, incentive to post. Yes, and also we have all of our contest listings up there, all of our different segments on there, and we have the official Wheel of Manga list, which you can look at and add to if we've missed something. It's kinda yeah. cool. So. I just realized we completely forgot the main thing, who we are. Well, Spirekin's a side that provides information and reviews about manga. What happens is every episode we review one or two manga, depending on the situation, and give you information about it. That way you don't go to the bookstore and say, hey, this manga looks really cool. You pick it up and it sucks. That's pretty much the worst thing that can happen when you buy manga. 
you pick it up and you read it and it sucks. They're trying to save you from mm, that. Exactly. And uh, so, there's so much to talk about today, especially because, well, honestly, these, well, it's a very heavy day. And we'll start off with the big news. One, we have been approved for Comic-Con to for press passes. Oh, cool. Which means that on Friday, October 8th, from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m., we're able to go behind the scenes and talk to random people. That's cool. But, of course, you're working that day, which sucks. That sucks, unless I call out sick. You should bang out! Which, of course, that'll be the day I find out that, you know, my boss's boss's boss is a huge anime, manga, comic fan, and he's gonna end up being there. That's pretty awkward. Well, then, what you do is you cosplay as Mario. He <laughs> won't know! It's a me, a Mario! Thank you it's so much for coming to the con. It's a me, Luigi. Luigi's very underrated, goddammit. I like Mar him better than Mario. And I you just like have. him because he can jump really high. No, and but in the, fir in the first Super Mario Brothers, he was exactly the same. He was just green, and I liked him even back then. Mm. Of course, starting with Super Mario Brothers 2, there was, uh, you know, they differentiated everybody, but still. Well, that's because it wasn't actually a Mario game. Toad sucked in that game. I hate Toad. I like Toad, and he was my favorite character use because he was strong. He's a little shit. And in the uh, in the sequel, not not the sequel, the remake for the Game Boy Advance, they gave him a, a really annoying voice. Well, we won't talk about that. That's for a video game thing. And also, more importantly than that, you can actually meet us at Comic Con if you're able to find us and follow us. Yes, and you should talk to us, and we'll bother you and give you T-shirts. Yeah. Poorly made T-shirts <laughs> that cost us not much to make. <laughs> But it's, I still have. It's free to you, so. Yeah, I still have the box full of T-shirts. I'm like, what the hell am I gonna do with these? I mean, I have the boxes of shit I have to mail out. Still, it's a, it's a whole freaking mess. I'm too lazy. Ah, <laughs> uh, so what else besides Comic Con news? Well, we are also going to talk a little bit about some other random things, including. Well, we have some emails, but we'll get into that in a bit because we should get into news. Okay. And what story do you want to talk about first? Well, let's go with well. First one we got is that Shonen editor who's arrested for assault and battery. <laughs> it seems like it makes sense. Oh God. I mean, apparently, from what we can gather, is that alleged assault and battery of a female Tokyo company employees in her 40s in a restaurant, according to the police, denied the charges, saying that he was drinking and does not remember the incident. Yeah, that's a great defense. Drinking! The perfect idiot. answer to everything. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I'm sorry, officer. I was drunk and I don't remember it. Yes. Oh, well then, that in that case, sir, please go about the rest of your day. Sorry to bother you. Well, it is Japan. Japan. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's so hilarious. Igarashi allegedly confronted the victim who was sitting at a counter at a Shinjuku bar ward early on the morning of May 25th by saying, Nanda omare. What do you want? He then allegedly struck the back of the woman's head with his palm and injured her neck, sustaining an injury that remained two weeks later. The police say that the woman did not know Igarashi and they're investigating accusations that Igarashi assaulted other women who was there with the first victim. What? <laughs> you know, this would be a pretty, uh... Uh, how do I put it? Um, Non-eventful story, or unimportant story, if it didn't have to do with a uh, shonen editor. I don't know. He probably did it, he'll probably go to jail for it. Well, he lost his job, and he... 
Yeah. I mean, if he did do it, then I'm glad he got caught. You know, what, what, what else can he really say about it? Well, I doubt that the female Tokyo Company employee would even bullshit about something like that. But what would make him say, what the hell do you want and hit her? What the hell did she do? <laughs> Some people are crazy. Oh, alcohol. Maybe she looked at him the wrong way. Maybe she was looking at him and, you know, he's like, in his drunken stupor, he's, he said to himself, Hey, she's looking at me funny. Is she giving me bad luck? Me a punch of her in face. <laughs> Is he a caveman? <laughs> or Tarzan? Oh, that was a very poorly done Japanese, uh, <laughs> a Japanese accent. Maybe that was a Japanese caveman. No, it's a drunk Japanese caveman. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Oh man, that's ridiculous. Do you yeah. think Japanese cavemen were smarter than uh, American cavemen or every other cavemen? They're smarter than us now, so maybe there's... I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Perhaps not, but they are small. They are very small. Very small. They have a small... What was it? <laughs> what was it, South Park Roads? They have a small... Yeah, I know what you're... Yeah, that, uh, that's the uh, Chimpokomon episode, I think. Yes. Yes, we, we... I have a small... And you have a very large and mammoth-sized... <laughs> <laughs> It's like, what are you talking about? I'm so glad that South Park is still on the air. Mm, yep. They had a, a, a bit of a crappy run for a few years there, but I think they're back to uh, being pretty good. Mm-hmm. I hope we get to review the South Park movie. We'll get there eventually. So, uh, let's get into some other news. We also have something with a crazy bitch in Florida. I read this story. This is unbelievable. This is, uh, mm -hmm. to me, I find this really funny. So basically, nah, I'll let you you go through it but okay so this mother in somewhere in florida i think it's crestville so that means crestview which is next to the oil sludge so her brain has already been ruined by bp mm. but she protested the availability of mature manga at her city's public library and claimed her teenage son was negatively affected after picking up a volume from the general circulation shelves no hold on the, the best the best thing is a little bit later i know i know oh. Hold on, hold on, we'll get to I it. Can't we'll get resist. to it. Okay. The parent, Margaret Barbary. First off, what type of fucking name is Barbary? I mean, what is she, a freaking Barbie girl? I'm a Barbie girl. Uh, it shows how intelligent she fucking is. Says that the manga had adult themes, which she described as graphic and shocking. Barbary is the founder of a citizens group called Protect Our Children, and she presented her case to the Crestview City Council on June 28th. Alrighty, before we even get any further, once you hear she is the founder of a group called Protect Our Children, yeah. you know she's a fucking nut. Yep. I mean, I understand some of these groups, but some of these groups are like, Oh no, Harry Potter is bad. Oh no, video games are bad. Oh no, soda is bad. Oh no, South Park is bad. Yeah. They're the best, crazy. This is the best part of the article. Okay. Where she she told right. the council. Uh, My what? son lost his mind when he found this, and now he's in a home for extensive therapy. <laughs> you know, what? This kid is a complete fucking loser that he really did lose his mind when he saw a manga. Or, keep in mind, this is a teenage kid, so you can imagine the type of filth this kid probably goes and jerks off to on the internet. And uh, his mom, who probably has no idea that his little Bible-worshipping Bible son reads, you know, like, fucking porn on the internet, I don't know. She thinks that he lost his mind when she when he found the manga and now he's in therapy. I'm sure she just threw him in the house and he's like, would you please let me the fuck out of here? This is nothing. 
Have you seen yeah. Two Girls, One Cup, Mom? Here, check out this link. <laughs> and like, oh no, I'm sending you to a reformatory school because you're not gay and you're not strange. And he's gonna become even more corrupt and insane in the in the home for extensive therapy. But okay, so the manga shown to the council to support Barbary's case was Psychic Academy and Chapter 3 of Gantz, which, first off, you should know Gantz is kinda... It's one, it's wrapped in plastic, more importantly, it even says on the cover, in big letters, 18 plus, for mature audiences only. So, he, she has no legal rights right there. Yeah. On the other hand, Psychic Academy is like for 13 year olds, so... Now let's see what it says. It says the manga that Barbary's son found was in the Crestview Public Library's general stacks. And according to it, she said her son took the manga from the unsupervised sex and put it in his backpack. Now, so, or, right already, he freaking he he basically uh, he stole it from the library. Is if if this is if I'm if I'm interpreting this correctly? No, I agree. It sounds like he just stole it. The direct. So, he, mm. so this little uh, innocent boy had the wherewithal to know they're not going to let me check this out. So I better put it in my bag and sneak out with it. Yeah, and then library director Gene Lewis said that Aria was on a top shelf with other graphic novels and comic books not intended for young readers. So that already throws her fucking argument out the window. And then the council president, Charles Bowery Jr., visited the library the day after Barbie's complaints said the manga and the separate young adults section was appropriate. So it already threw her freaking her shit out the window. Yeah. Uh, so then Barbie has protested the availability of manga before. And she collected 226 signatures against the public access of anime, although the petition was directed at manga. So this lady is an uber-hating, I-hate-manga bitch to begin with, so she's already suspect. So who knows if she said, hey son, pick up this manga and then, then I'll throw you in a jail cell and we'll have a whole ability to prove my point right because you did a bad thing. Yeah, I don't know. This, this lady just sounds like a crazy bitch. Yeah. She sounds like, you know... Some bored soccer mom who needed to pick up another cause, and uh, she's taking it out on manga. And I guess you know, she got her little 15 minutes of fame off this. I mean, here we are. We're talking about it. Yep. Well, and sure, in the Crestview community, it's it was in the local paper and everything. You know, right next to the advertisement for uh, what meat is on sale at the supermarket this week. <laughs> and the penny saver for where you could buy a kid. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> buy a kid, 4.99. And the rest is just gibberish about basic stuff about how she went crazy at the Christmas parade and wanted them to protest pornography in the library. <sighs> crazy fucking bitch. <laughs> crazy fucking bitch. That's all we can say about her. And the other real big news is that Funimation picked up a bunch of shit, but we're not going to really get into that. Um, also, New York Times bestseller manga... And I already want to burn it on the ground because of what number one is. What is it? Stephanie Meyer! That's not a fucking manga. Well, wasn't there a manga adaptation of, uh... Yes, I'm saying that's not a freaking... That's not a fucking manga. Mm. That is gibberish. Yeah. It's gibberish. I don't give a fuck what you say. It's not a fucking manga. I mean, the rest are... are it's, as you can guess, it's Naruto, Naruto, Bleach, Helsing, Naruto, Bleach, Maid-sama, Black, Butler, Soul Eater. It's all the popular shit. We expected that, but why? Eh, fuck it. I do not want to give any more credence to Twilight. Bye-bye. I do not need to read you. Meh. Hmm. So, now that we're done with the news, let us get on with 
that emails, that emails, what, what, that emails. Hmm, so I forwarded an email to you, and what did the email say? Oh, now you're going to make me pull it up. I already closed it. Hold on. Uh, blah, right. blah, blah. Well, the good thing is that I'm not pregnant, and I... Whoa, that's the wrong email. Excuse me. Uh, okay, I got a f the subject is I got a female fever and the only cure is more spirochin. Well, you gotta say it. You gotta say it like Christopher Walken. All right, all right, all right. Hey, Spirochin manga review. I got a fever, and the only cure is more spirochin. Hey, Spirochin manga review. I love your podcast. It's always on my Zoom, and I love it. But you are late. I need more episodes. It's been two weeks, and why are there no more episodes? Did you guys disband? Let me know now. Also, will you review Mar Naruto Bleach and Inuyasha? Well, alright. First off, I'm surprised that he used punctuations, because this is, like, really bad. Yeah, he, he pretty much used punctuation selectively. Uh, that's kind of a little minor pet peeve of mine. I'm not going to really... No, yeah, but still, it, but... it's it seems like a run-on sentence. I was like, <laughs> I was surprised you were like, <gasps> afterwards. Yeah. Well, we didn't disband, obviously, since we're reading the email right now. We covered why we don't release all the time. I mean, I know it's been two weeks, but... Yes, uh, and... Like we said, uh, you know, we have jobs, and we mentioned this several times already. We have jobs, lives, and, you know, social commitments, and bills to pay, and whatnot, so... And food to cook. Yeah. Um, yes. So, hopefully we'll be a little bit more on, on point with some of these uh, as we go forward, but, you know... Yes. Besides, and... if we release regularly, then it's not a surprise when it comes out, right? Yes, exactly. Now it's like a little treat every time. Yes. It's kind of cool, though, that we are on Zoom Network, though. I didn't know that. Uh, no, I didn't know. Well, maybe he just downloads the MP3 and puts it on his Zoom. Maybe. I've applied to Zoom like four times, and it's never, ever, you know, coming on. It's kind of weird and angering at times. But okay. So, got an email from someone named Amiko Ikiru. And it's very simple. It says... I was wondering how and where you download all the music for your podcast. You have such a wide variety of stuff, so I wanted to know. Thanks, Anna. So, Anna, well, very easy. Now, if you notice in most of the new episodes, I use a lot more music than I used to. Because it kind of, people said, oh, it was too dead, there's too much dead air, blah, blah, blah. But I use a lot of music. Everything from Jam Project to Megumi Hayashibara to Gact. Everything possible. Now, there are three sources I go about getting the music in the episode. I mean, I've known I've talked about this before, but I'm just going to reiterate. Now, the first is actually buying the CDs and making MP3s to put in the episode. And you can find most anime CDs either online at your local Japanese store like Kinokuya or Amazon.com. Very expensive. Second source is searching the net online for various websites. Sites like http colon slash slash gendo.com slash amusic. And this is pretty much for rare stuff like Liar Game, Piano No Mori. And remember that not all sites are what they appear to be. I found sites that are legit and some which have viruses, so be very wary. I should know this is why I had a delay for three months on podcast episodes. And the final source for the songs is a little bit unconventional, but it works. And I actually record the opening or the theme song from an anime with a DVD player using the microphone on my computer. Yeah, that's pretty low-tech way, but it gets the job done. Sounds really bad, though. You can tell what episodes I've done that in. Yeah. And because she asked a question, and she's being kind of cool, and she asked a small request of us, in the background, she wants us to play music in the episode in the background. So, currently right now, we are playing... Don't we do that already? I mean, 
Yeah, but she wants a specific song from a series we haven't done yet, so if you hear in the oh, background, okay. we've been playing it. So, there you oh, go, cool. Anna, and uh, That's you're for you, then. Yep, and thank you for enjoying our podcast and complimenting us on the fact that we are the only podcast that she listens to that chooses manga randomly. That's our gimmick, right? Yeah, that's we're the only ones who do it ever. And we try to email you guys as soon as we can. If you send us an email, we will reply as soon as possible, sending you, talking to you, and doing other things. Uh, there is one final email. Very What's unusual. What's that? Alrighty then. Well, I have to pull up my stupid homepage popped up. From a guy named Gondra1 at AOL.com. Okay. Okay. Hey, Cal, Zahn, and Bell. I've been a fan of Fight Baits for a while, and heard you guys are pretty cool, especially since Zan is the co-host on that show. So I decided to subscribe to your podcast. I'm only a few episodes in, and I love both your podcasts and have some suggestions for your movie podcast. Okay. Let's hear it. First one, Fight Club. I think that's on the list, isn't it? It is, because my name is Robert Paulson. Next, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. I've never seen that movie. The movie is brilliant, but of course that is for our second theme month, the month of dope. So we'll hold off on that. Okay. Next one, Donnie Darko. Oh, that's a great movie. I am indifferent towards the movie. It is on the list, but I'm very indifferent towards oh, it. Oh, I love that movie. If we do get it, I'll be happy. I have the I have the DVD. I'd like to yes. I'd like to have an excuse to watch that again. It's just I well, we'll get into that if we have a review. Next one is like Private Piles, you are one big pile of shit. What? What's that? Full metal jacket. Oh, I've never seen it. A very trippy movie, very cool movie. It's on the list, and Deke wants to review that. Okay. Okay, the next one is World's Greatest Dad. World's Greatest Dad. It sounds familiar. I don't know what it's about, though. Mm, never heard of it. What do you think type of movie it is? I don't know. It could be anything. It could be like one of those like cheesy family movies. It could be like, I don't know, like a badass action movie. It could be like... I don't know. I think it could be like a psychological, like, stepmom, like it's a killer movie, maybe, because these are all, like, really fucked up movies, I think. Is it Worlds? I'm gonna look that up right now. Okay. Do, 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 do. Oh, right. oh it's a comedy. Oh, cool. Who's okay. starring in it? Uh, let's see. Robin Williams. Okay, already I'm sold. Yeah. You know, Robin Williams is pretty good actor. Well, he's a the fact that he's a Juilliard actor shows that he's a good actor. Yeah. They don't accept everybody at Juilliard. Only a couple people, and he's pretty cool. Especially when he does his dark comedy stuff like Death to Smoochie, or when he's creepy like in One Hour Photo. Yeah, that's the movie I always think about uh, about Robin Williams when I say, wow, man, this guy's really good. Mm, it's, uh, it's just so different from what you're usually... What you usually see him as. There's one movie he did, which I saw, which is called The Final Cut, which is a really trippy movie. And he's so different than how you expect him to be. He's very depressing and sad. It's a pretty inventive movie. Very futuristic, but strange at the same time. Maybe we'll review it on the movie podcast. I don't know. Okay, next. Zombieland. Never seen it. I heard them... Woody Harrelson? I heard that movie's hysterical. That's on the list. Okay, okay, the crazies. Now, which crazies do you mean? Do you mean the original one from the 70s or the remake? Maybe that'd be good to compare both of them. True, but we still got to do the other comparisons, too. So we'll get yeah. to that. The next one, John Carpenter's The Thing. We know that's on the list. 
Oh, yes, and I'm still surprised that I still remember your look that first time you saw that movie when you saw his chest eating his arms. <laughs> you just looked appalled. You're like... <gasps> a very weird movie, that's for sure. Yes, and you also saw Wilford Brimley, uh, Brimley with his diabetes. But he didn't have his mustache. See, I, I didn't really get the... Uh get the humor for those because I don't watch I don't watch commercials really so I had to go back and watch that on YouTube to see what the what all the funniness was about about the diabetes <laughs> uh, ah well and the last one is the collector the collector not the bone collector Just no the collector I've never seen The Collector. I have The Bone Collector, and that is on the list, because that movie is awesome. Yes, because you got Denzel Washington playing a quadriplegic, and you have Angelina Jolie looking kind of cool before she went all crazy. So The Collector is, according to IMDb, it's crime horror thriller. Uh, I like those kind of movies. Cool. So we'll put on the list, and then finally he puts down that his Xbox Live gamer tag is... Yeah. <laughs> and would you kindly friend me? Must. Ah, he's been listening. Must. Now you have to do it. Now yes. you have to. And he'd love That's it. to. You have no choice. Yes, and he has love to clash golf should... clubs. I wonder if I should advertise my gamer tag. I'll tell you what. I'll just po- pose it as a question to the people out there. If you would like Cal's gamer tag on Xbox Live, send an email. And then, if we get favorable responses, I will share my gamer tag on the air. Yes. Do I play sometimes? I know you play. And if you get X, if you get uh, I'm also on the PlayStation Network too. So if you have PlayStation, let me know. PlayStation Network. Eh. Well, either way, and then he says, in case you like fanfic, here's my fanfiction link and peace, bro. Doesn't leave a name, so his name's Gondra One. Okay, Gondra One, cool. All right. Thank you for the, the email. And now, since emails are done and news are done, let's have a word from our sponsor. In the summer of 2008, a man named Fightbait started an anime podcast. I, I watched Grenadier because of the tits. And it was terrible. Two years later, maybe his penis is the duck. I don't know how you would put that in a woman. Fightbait.com may still suck ass, but we're bringing you more content than ever. If you head over to the website, you can now find news, reviews, editorials, pictures of dogs, and more crappy podcasts than your ears can handle. You even have the option to subscribe to the podcast, the blog, or both. Fightbait.com, kicking ass on the internet for two years and counting. Proving that quantity is better than quality. So, we're back, and uh, it's cool to hear from our sponsor. And because we said we were going to do manga review updates... I went through and started looking at some of the different series, but it's going to take a little bit of time. So we're going to postpone that for another episode. Okay. Yeah, so that kind of works. So, in exchange for that, we got an email with someone who wants to rant about stuff. But there's a lot of shit to rant about. He has nine topics. And so, how can we decide these nine topics, which one to rant about? I don't know. Is there any kind of... um mechanism that you know of that can take anything up to 10 items and randomly select one? That'd be really hmm. So are you talking about the one, the only, the Wheel of Manga? Yes, so the Wheel of Manga, which we're going to be using for a different purpose today. We're going to be using it to decide what we're going to rant about this episode. I hope the, episode. Hope the universe doesn't just implode on itself, because we're not really well, using it Well, maybe it will. Manga, so... 
Kind of scared. Mm. Well, we will see what happens. We will see. So let us spin the Wheel of Manga. Number five. What is the best takeout food, Chinese, pizza, sandwiches, or fast food? I think the only real um, contest here is, is between Chinese and pizza. Because fast food, it, it is what it is. And what was the other one? What's the fourth one? A sandwich is like a, a delivery deli place or a delivery... Which I could see that could be a good takeout if you have a good deli that delivers. Yeah. But when I think of takeout, I'm sorry, it's either going to be... And when I say takeout, I mean, I, I guess you, you go to the place, you order, take it home, or delivery. We're going to include both, right? Yeah. It's, it's either going to be... It's either going to be pizza or it's going to be Chinese. Well, what about a Chino Latino? I've never had the pleasure of having that kind of food, so I don't know. It's pretty good. It's a mixture of Puerto Rican and Chinese or Mexican and Chinese. Mexican and Chinese, I don't recommend. Puerto Rican and Chinese or Dominican and Chinese or Cuban and Chinese are awesome. Like, pineal with pork fried rice. Really? That sounds incre- uh, sorry, in- intriguing. Or better yet, mofongo with boneless spare ribs or... Platano Maduro with pork fried rice. You're giving me uh, you're giving me dinner ideas here. Now, I've been saying that I, I, I wanted to make uh, mofongo for myself for a couple of weeks now, so maybe I might have to go pick up some. Mm. some so for those of you who don't know, mofongo is a, is a dish where you take plantains or platanos, you mash it up, you put something inside of it, and then you serve it. And what you put inside of it is typically something like, you know, pork or chicken or beef. Yeah, and you kind or of shrimps. Mix it, mix it, yeah, shrimp is good. You mix it together with the mashed up uh, platanos, um, and it's really good. It's really good. And Have you ever had mangu? I've had it. Not a fan of it, but oh, I it's okay. Mangu. I like mangu as a breakfast food. But anyway, for breakfast, with, I can see that as a lunch. But breakfast, really? Yeah, you take you take mangu and you take like a, like a sunny side up egg. Put it on top and put some cheese on it, and let, like you crack the egg and let the yolk get into the into the plot. It's really good. Mm. But either way, we're now getting hungry, and some of you are like, "What the fuck type of food to talk about?" So back to the ranted hands. So you got Chinese. Chinese. My vote. For, my go, My vote goes for Chinese. I I made my decision. Well, Chinese is really good, but you can't have it all the time. Pizza. You can't, but you can't have pizza all the time either. Mm, true, but what if you get different things from pizza? For example, besides getting the straight up pizza. You can also get pasta. You can get buffalo wings. You could get, if you really want to go, you could get um, uh, chicken parm or veal parm. Or yeah, but you can get different things from Chinese too. You can get, you know, your your pepper steak with onion, chicken with broccoli, mugu gai pan, blah blah blah. Sure, there's a bunch of variety. And we forgot one other place. What about like Yuki's, the Japanese takeout? Yeah, there you go. Forgot that too. There's a place. There's a place by by me that has a Chinese takeout. And sushi, so... Yes, go-go's. You go there, Great you place to go to. Yeah, so... Yes, you know. so it's kind of tough. So, I would have to say... Well, I'm, I'm leaning towards the Chinese, actually, so I'm thinking Chinese is the superior takeout. I think so. Yes, it. I actually get Chinese takeout maybe once a week. Damn, makes you want... And I don't get... I don't get... Uh, I don't get takeout much more often than that, so... I typically go for the Chinese. Stuff. Yeah, I've been getting a lot of pizza lately, and now I'm thinking about actually ordering some Chinese for dinner. There you go. Mm. But the question is, what to get now? Cause you got all the choices. You have sesame chicken, General Tso's chicken, Mugu Gai Pan. You have the pork lo mein. You have 
My favorite is chicken with broccoli. That's my kind of go-to thing. Mm, you should when, I really wanna, when I really want to make a pig out of myself, I get a combination plate of um, chicken with broccoli, so it comes with pork fried rice and an egg roll. And then on top of that, I get a serving of um, egg drop wonton soup, which is really good. And then if I really want to be uh, over the top, I'll get dumplings or like um, another side thing along that. I thought you were the crab rangoons guy. No, no. No? Could have sworn you like crab rangoons. Yeah, Deke is Deke, but Deke gets f- like four plates for himself. <laughs> have you ever gone to a Chinese buffet with him? No, I can't say that I have. I don't think I have. It's interesting. It really is. It's pretty just what the fuck, because he gets a lot of food. I mean, he's not like Copa bad, where Copa would get 30 plates. Copa's a guy from our high school who weighed, well, he was triple digits when we all were in double digits. Double digits meaning what? Well, like when we were like 80 pounds, he was in the triple digits. Oh, okay. And his entire family's like that, and they drive a little car. Hmm. So it's like six fat people in a little car. Yeah, that probably doesn't. Just the smells alone probably wouldn't really be very... Yeah, it's pretty, so... Oh, let's not talk about this. Yes, let's get off this because we're getting hungry and tired. And so, hope you enjoyed our first of our Spyrokin manga review rants. And before I forget, let's see what we're going to be ranting for the next step. Number two. Is automatic better than standard? Okay. I know what my opinion get... is, but uh, we've got to save it for the next review. For the next episode. Yes. So, for next episode, is automatic better than standard? And for those who don't know what that means, we will explain. And, ooh, that was a good rant, I think. Yeah. Alright. And so let's get on with the reviews, and since you went ahead first last time, I guess I will go. Okay. And so, if you remember from the last episode of the Spyrokin Manga Review, where I reviewed that ultra-trippy and strange series, Ghost in the Shell, well, I spun the Wheel of Manga, and it dictated that I'd be reviewing Eureka 7. Now, this is a manga based off of an anime series, a very popular anime series. And they changed a lot of stuff about it, and it's already done, so don't worry about it. It was originally written by Jinsi Katoka and Kazuma Kondo, published by Kotakawa in Japan, and over here released by Bandai Entertainment. came out originally 2005-2006. There are six volumes, and it is an adventure mecha romance series. It's also known as Psalm of Planet Eureka 7. That's a mouthful. Oh, yeah. And now, what is Eureka 7 about? Now, it is about this kid named Renton Thurston, who ends up, well, getting shanghaied by a bunch of mech pilots, and there's a bunch of mysteries involved. The end. Okay, let me be a little more specific than that. Just a little bit. <laughs> okay. Easy review. So, What's the rating? What's the score then? <laughs> Move on to it. No, 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 no. I'll get into it in a bit. So... The series, it focuses on this main character, like I said, whose name is Renton Thurston, who is this stereotypical, trippy young kid who is into this thing called riffing. Now, it's not like riffing like letting a fart out, which is what I thought when I read it. I was like, (laughs) what's he farting? No. What happens is that this series, Eureka 7, takes place in the far, far fucking distant future. I'm talking 10,000 years in the future. Okay, that's pretty far. And what happens is that since the planet they're on, they don't say what it is, but we can assume it's Earth that's been terraformed, has been changed by this thing called the, well, Scrub Coral. I'm not going to really get into it. Okay. 
But since the scrub coral messed with everything, what happened is that the atmosphere now has these weird energy called the transparent light particles, or trapar waves. And so what happens is that all the people now have figured out a way to travel on this. So you have these mechs, which kind of surf on these waves. I know, it's giant robots surfing wow, in the air. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of weird. That's lifting or riffing is that space surfing. It's pretty much you're using these reflective boards, that's what they're called, and you ride the tra trapar waves like surfing. It's a really popular sport, and Rantan is really into it. He likes doing this a lot, and that's his way to relax and chill out. And it's just his way, because he thinks the world's too peaceful, too, too, there's nothing going on. And that's what he does for fun. He rides on these waves, and kind of it's his cathartic experience for a day. Okay. This is when it, it shows him in school, and you found that he is the son of this very prestigious guy who saved the day one day. <laughs> okay. What happened was his father was this military researcher who died saving the world. And he doesn't remember his father at all, but everyone keeps saying, oh, his father is was a great man, and he's going to be just like his father. And he's just kind of like, I don't care, I don't know the guy. And he's being raised by junkers. So he's a mechanic. junkers? You know, it's a junkyard guy. He's a, me okay. he's a mechanic. He's good with fixing things, and he just kind of chills out and does whatever. Meanwhile military wants to get a hold of him because he is the heir to the Thurston family and he can make things better and when we get him in the military he'll be prestigious and awesome and he doesn't want to do it he's like I don't give a shit I just want to chill out and relax and riff okay. it's all he wants to do and the one thing is that he wants to do in life his one goal in life is he wants to join this renegade group called Geku State which is led by this legendary rifter called Holland and who is a former military guy who defected. So he's depressed because, like I said, the school is trying to make him join the military academy. And his grandfather doesn't want him to leave at all because his grandfather's like, yeah, uh, I don't want you to leave this house because your mother was taken away, your father died, and, you know, he's just trying to be overprotective. Okay. And then, so he goes to clear his head, he goes to hit the typical field he goes to for rifting, and the military decide to build a base there. All right. So he's kind of fucked at this point. Because think about it. Imagine if you go skateboarding and you go to where you usually skateboard and there's a construction site there. How are you going to feel? I don't know. Kind of shitty. Yeah. You know? It's going to feel like crap. So he goes home. He's depressed. He's in his bedroom. He's just kind of sulking. And suddenly he hears whoosh outside his house. What the fuck? Feels the house shake. He looks and he sees this giant mech outside. And this mech is there and he looks and sees this beautiful girl walk out. Who's like, you can help, right? And he's like, what the fuck? And she says, well, I was told to go here to, and you could fix this. This ship, the Narvish. And he starts going into the ship. He's like, fine, I, I'll help, I'll help. And he's doing this because this hot girl asks him for help. And he's like, okay. Typical guy. Well, yeah, it's like, you know, when you when you go to the gym, and you're pumping your iron, and this girl comes up, it's like, can you help me? Like, okay. It's like, freaking 70 times the weight, you don't give a shit. Yep. You'll do it because you want to impress the girl. Yep. And so what happens is that this ship called the Narvish, is what she's piling, isn't working right, and she wants him to fix it. And as he's going on, he notices that there's a lot of weird equipment going on, a lot of it's missing. Because what happens is that the Narvish, since the prototype, 
it's more advanced than all of the other mechs out there. And there's certain key parts which make other mechs work that are non-existent in this ship. Which are not a hindrance, but an asset to it. You follow or no? Not really, I'm kind of lost. Yeah, I was a little lost too, but it, it makes sense when in the long run. So what happens is he's trying to fix it and he makes note of the fact, how could this work? This doesn't have this, uh, was it the corporal drive? The carpal tunnel drive? Uh, my notes say it is called the... It's probably not the carpal tunnel drive. You never know. It could be the carpal tunnel drive. Well, it doesn't matter, but there's this... <laughs> well, either way. This... Sorry, that just that just struck me as funny. Well, either way, the, the ship is missing a part. It's not working right. And what happens is he's working on it. Suddenly, the military shows up trying to get her. Because she's apparently a member of the Gecko State. And she's going to leave. And she asks him. And he's like, you can't leave yet. All the systems aren't working. All the specs aren't up. The weapon system isn't up. And he's just being a typical, you know, mechanic. You can't leave yet. It's not ready yet. And she's like, well, you can come with me. And it's like, well... I want to, but I, I, I can't. I, I can't leave. I mean, it's not that I just want to fix And she's like, well, so you do want to come, but you don't? That's really weird. And she just takes a ship and she shoots off while the military is going to chase after her and their ships, which they call the LFO, or the uh, Light Finding Operation. And they are these humanoid alien skeletons that were excavated from the scrub coral that's around this planet, and they have armor. Isn't there a crappy pop band called the elephone yes called elephone but either way he's like okay i'm gonna go and i can go save the day and i'll help her out and things will be awesome and great and he goes ready to leave and his grandpa shows up and he's like oh crap in the back of your head you're thinking oh grandpa is gonna tell him you can't leave i'm not gonna let you leave i'm gonna protect you nope grandpa says okay go off have fun here you go and he gives him this device and he's like what the hell is this he's like this is the device that you need to work Narvia. Okay. So there's more going on. Apparently his father found this ship. The Narvia, the mech. And so he runs off, goes, takes the this drive, the amateur drive, in this very cool scene, uses his bike, rides up, because like I said, there's a chase going on with the, the military surfer guys, and then you have the Narvish surfer trying to get away with no weapons, and you see him, he takes his bike with his reflective board, the surfboard, rides up to where the military base is and they're saying stop you can't go here uses the bike as a ramp to jump in the air with the board and surfs up and lands right on the narvish okay i know Kinda it's cool it's hard to explain you have to visually see it but it's a pretty cool sequence he lands on the ship and immediately as he lands on his ship the main girl eureka hence eureka seven she's like what are you doing here he's like i couldn't leave you because i love you wait that isn't what I meant. I didn't mean I love you. I mean, I'm here to fix the ship. And he goes in. Uh. Well, he's stupid. He immediately jacks the Amato drive into the ship. And immediately, all systems go online and says, Eureka. On the bottom, he's like, what? And suddenly, the ship does this move called the Seven Swell. Which pretty much just destroys everything except the Narvish. Okay. And the ship officially awakens. And he's like, what just happened? And from there, he just doesn't know what's going on and she's into him and he, en he ends up joining her on her adventures. Since he can open up and control the Narvish and create the Seven Swell phenomena, he's been invited now to join Gecko State and he sees that this glamorous life he thought of with the fact that, you know, he idolized Holland and all the going behinds of this rebellion group. 
he thought it would be great and wonderful and awesome, and he finds out that it's really not that interesting or glamorous. It actually kind of sucks because you're running for your life. Yeah, that doesn't sound like fun to me. And Running for my life. And the whole thing is just him and Eureka and the Gecko State on this adventure just trying to solve the world's problems. Yeah. Art style is really good. I mean, there's a lot of super formed at times, but it's not that bad. Main character, he looks stupid. Eureka looks kind of awesome. And, well... Is she typical, like, voluptuous? No. She is... No? She is Ray body. She is... Young and thin and no boobs and no ass. Okay. I don't see how that's awesome, but okay. Nah, she's typical. They're girls, people who like the Ray body type. So she has that Ray body type because she's kind of emotionless. Obviously, she might not be human. And there's a lot of politics in this series. A lot of surf culture references in it, even though it's rifting culture references. So it's like, you know, California dude style? A little bit, but it also has a little bit of Ava mixed in. Because it has a whole fact that... Eureka is constantly talking about I am me, I am no one else, I am not a clone, I am not... And immediately I had flashbacks to this as an Ava ripoff. It really is, because young kid shows up, is able to use the ultimate machine, I'm like, Ava ripoff, or giant robo ripoff. Yeah. Yeah. And I've heard so much about this series, it is an awesome and great series, and I know people are like, you didn't give it a chance, you didn't read further. And I will go back and read further into this, but so far, from one volume, I am not too impressed. Yeah. This is just simply a gift from your crazy Aunt Muriel. Okay, but forgettable. It could be so much better. Yeah. It definitely sounds like it from the way you... Yeah, I just... If you're into the surf culture, man, and the fact that they're they're surfing robots, you'll love it. I, that was the first thing which I was like, this is dumb. <laughs> I do not... Yeah, I don't know. Surfing robots, I don't know, that just sounds a little... But, eh. And don't get me wrong, I like cool shit with robots. I mean, I like going to guy. I like robots that are like half cheetah, half tiger, or with robotic boobs that turn into missiles, or getter beams, or, you know, all this cool stuff, or like Gal esque But this just sounds like, it's kind of trying to make it realistic, but not really, and then we're going to have a, a biological robot. Yeah, this is an Ava ripoff if I've ever seen one. Yeah. Really. Yeah. yeah so what about you? What are you reviewing? Well, I spun the wheel of manga last episode, and I got Master Keaton. So, for those of you that don't know, Master Keaton is a senin. It was original run from November of 1988 to August of 1998, spanning 18 volumes. The author, sorry if I butcher the names, Hokusei Katsushika, Mm -hmm. um, and there's another one, Naoki Urasawa. Hey, we've reviewed some of his stuff, haven't we? Yeah. His name sounds familiar. It also spawned a TV anime series um, that went from around the same times, 90, oh, well, sorry, not the same times, 1998 to 1999. Uh, 39 episodes of that. But basically, Master Keaton is an archaeological professor who also happens to double as an insurance investigator for an insurance company called Lloyds of London. And Master Keaton is half English and half Japanese. He studied archaeology at Oxford University, the prestigious school in England. That's it. So that's the premise. I guess that's the loose premise. And one of the other interesting things about his past is that over the course of his life, he eventually joined the British Army, becoming a member of the SAS, which um, that's kind of the Special Forces, Forces branch of the British Army. I think it stands for Special Air Service. And they're supposed to be pretty badass, the uh, British SAS, you know, kind of um. So he's James Bond. I wouldn't call him James Bond, but he's 
fairly badass. He knows how to fight. He's pretty... I don't know, how do I put it? In kind of a tough situation, he can use things in his environment to, as weapons or as kind of like ways to MacGyver-like skills. To, so he's MacGyver! I guess. <laughs> I guess he's a half-Japanese, half-British MacGyver who happens to be a little bit of uh, Indiana Jones mixed in with the uh, professor at the, at the university and blah, blah, blah. So basically, it's this. This series is about his adventures. The they use the his job as um, as an insurance investigator as a pretext for him going on these crazy exotic adventures. So his his boss at the Lloyd's Insurance Company would say, "Hey, we got this insurance claim. This looks a little bit suspicious. Here are the details. Why don't you go investigate for us?" And of course, there are always very suspicious details and involving exotic locales and he does a lot of traveling and you know it's right up his alley he's he loves to explore and all this stuff each chapter it seems like is uh, is another just a different adventure for him to go on and the first chapter he goes on to investigate um, what looks like a very odd death the guy seemingly just fell off a cliff near his house which is a good way to die yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean those who have ever played um, Mortal Kombat 2 if you remember the pit, the way the pit in that game works, you get knocked and then you have kind of like an overhead view of the guy falling backwards and then he just slams into a concrete floor. That's kind of what happened to this poor bastard. He just basically fell backwards and he's falling, blah, and he just lands on a slap on a on a rock and, you know, his the back of his head pretty much explodes. So, the beneficiary of his insurance policy is made out to a company and the Lloyds of London Insurance Company, they're before they actually go and you know pay out this policy they want master keaton to investigate and um, they think that it's odd that this guy who seemingly had no reason to have any kind of connection to this company just died in a very suspicious way and the insurance policy um, was changed so that the, this company is the, are the beneficiaries so that sounds suspicious enough to me sounds suspicious enough to master keaton and he goes off to investigate Throughout his investigation, he meets pretty much the only person that the deceased guy uh, was close to. And, you know, she starts to tell him uh, a little bit about the past and how he got mixed up with this company. And long story short, as you might guess, there was, you know, some foul play with this man's death. And the, the, the company basically murdered him and forced him to, uh, well, before he they murdered him, they forced him to sign over the insurance policy. And then they killed him. So basically the reason why is because this guy used to explore the, the nearby area. It's kind of like a um, not far from a sea. The, his, his little town was a very remote location. Nobody lived there except for him and his girl. And he, they used to explore and find hidden treasure out in the sea. And um, this company was basically forcing him to, every time he found something, give the treasure over to them. And eventually he got to the point where he said, you know, these people, they don't want to preserve any of this, any of this treasure. They just want the money. They, you know what? This treasure is so important to me that they can take my life. I'm not giving them anymore. So that's why he basically, he, he knowing that they're going to kill him, he signs over his policy and, you know, that's it. They kill him and they take the money or they want to take the money. Uh, but then Master Keaton comes and is investigating. And now Master Keaton knows about this and the people uh, from the company are in the area, they see Master Keaton is uh, investigating and they attack him and the girl and that's where Master Keaton shows off some of his uh, you know, some of his skills that he learned in the SAS. 
And long story short, he defeats them all and the girl gets to pretty much live the rest of her life without being bothered and Master Keaton just takes one small coin from from the treasure that he, that uh, her and the old man found um, as kind of a souvenir for his uh, for his school and gets to take back because he is an archaeologist don't forget um, so he finds this stuff interesting um, one of the things I guess kind of little quirks that Master Keaton has is um, some point early on in every chapter you'll see him kind of taking random objects and, and kind of swiping them and stashing them in his pocket in the first chapter he took this wooden spoon out of the kitchen well, he, he visited the, the chef at a, at a restaurant basically complimenting him on the food and found a wooden spoon and he basically took the wooden spoon and, and stole it and he also stole a thing of scotch tape from his boss at uh, Lloyd's Insurance so he's a klepto? <laughs> he's not a klepto what he basically does is he takes these really weird random objects and later on in the, in the chapter when he gets himself into a tight spot He'll use these objects to create some kind of either tool or weapon or whatever. So in, in this chapter, he took the wooden spoon, kind of cracked the wooden spoon in half, used the tape to tape the wooden spoon, the base uh, of the wooden spoon, and then the, the top part where the, the actual um, spoon ladle is. And long story short, he created kind of like a, like a makeshift slingshot, I guess. And that's how he defeated some of these guys. He, he just basically used this thing as extra leverage to throw rocks. Took out these guys who must have been incredibly, incredibly incompetent. They had guns and he had this, you know, scotch tape slingshot spoon throwing rocks at them. He, and one of his things that, that he says is, uh, a primitive weapon is more effective than a gun in places with a strong wind. I thought that was really dumb. But... That's it. He, he, he can do stuff like that. He does stuff like that in every chapter, it appears. Second chapter, very similar. He goes off um, in search of some this guy, this, this kid whose mother died, and um, she left all, his insur all her insurance money to him, but the kid is nowhere to be found. And um, when he goes investigating to try to find this kid, it turns out that the kid got mixed up with some, some rough people, and he needs to save the day, blah, blah, blah. I don't want to get into that chapter. Um, in my opinion, starting with chapter three, uh, this whole thing took a took a turn downhill. I found chapter three very very boring and slow. Chapter three is when they introduced that uh, he has a daughter and he was previously married and they were divorced. Daughter comes to visit him and pretty much chapter three is all about him just talking to his daughter, which is. Um, you know, and they, they show that, that his daughter is very similar to him, you know, takes up these causes, and, uh, um, you know, she so she's like, she gets in trouble at school because she knows so much more than all her teachers, so she doesn't pay attention, and her teachers are insulted when the, the girl, who's, I guess, what am I, around middle school age, corrects the teachers, and uh, so he's, he goes to talk to one of her teachers, and, he, you know, she's basically saying, your daughter, when I asked your daughter to name all these rivers in this area she named all these different things that don't even apply and then he said actually you know what she was right and he gives the archaeological explanation for why his daughter was correct and you know pretty much embarrasses the teacher and I don't know this this chapter was just so slow and boring that uh, you know I had a hard time getting through this chapter but it was just a character development thing just to show more about him sounds I, like it, yeah it was I just it, it just wasn't interesting I don't know it's it, it, 
the second this the, the the chapter after that chapter four is kind of back to more or less what the first two chapters were like there are only four chapters available um, on the site that I found this on so I couldn't read any more than this but um, I don't know I got bored reading this honestly uh, it really mm -hmm. wasn't uh, didn't really keep my interest too much. Well, the demographic is like late. It's really older audience. It's like for thirty, forty year olds. Yeah, I mean, I guess I could see that. You know, they they kind of try to get you know a little bit of mystery, intrigue, and I guess the draw is basically him using his his deductive skills to solve things, and then you know, kind of him using his special forces skills to create something or figure out a way to get out of a tight spot or something like that. But I don't know. I just found like I think I think there's just too much dialogue and it's just really boring. Especially chapter four has a ton of dialogue and it's just really really boring. I don't know. I I guess this just it just wasn't for me. It wasn't in my demographic. I guess like you said. How was um, the uh, artwork compared to Arasawa's other work? Monster. The art's not bad. I didn't mind the art really. It's not. There's no super deformed stuff. It's every character has kind of unique appearance which is nice um, it's easier to tell them apart at a quick glance I had no problems with the art and I guess I just had a problem with the it, it just seemed really long-winded drawn out and just kind of slow altogether um, yeah that's it in a nutshell I mean if you're interested in, in kind of like little mini mysteries I guess it's fine but it wasn't my thing mm, so what would you give this <sighs> yeah I really want to give this a one but you want to give it a take it to a priest, purify? Oh, no, no, I, I, I want to, but that's being really unfair to it because I think it's not made for for people, you know, who like the things I like. So I, I feel bad just shitting on it, but I'm gonna give it a, I'm gonna give it a two. So, um, typical reading material at your local correction facility or a psychiatric yep. institute? Yep. Yeah, it's not terrible. Just wasn't my thing. I don't want to dock it too much, but I mean comes to a certain point where even if it's not in your demographic if it's interesting enough you'll get into it so i i, I didn't mm. i don't know if it gets more interesting after chapter four if you have an opportunity to read further than, than what i got to um, maybe it gets better i don't know i can't really say but the first two chapters didn't didn't hook me definitely not mm, sounds like it yeah just didn't didn't really like it that much Oh well. So that's that's my take on Master Keaton. Mm, oh well, it's Master Keaton. I've heard people say this is the greatest series ever. That it's like Indiana Jones with Gogo Thirteen, and I'm like, eh. oh, it's definitely not Indiana Jones. The only thing I even, the reason I even mentioned Indiana Jones is because he happens to be a teacher, a lecturer actually, of archaeology. But that's pretty much where the comparisons between him and Indiana Jones stop. I mean, Indiana Jones. Although he wasn't a uh, special forces guy, he's just a lot more badass than uh, Master Keaton. He has Master Keaton really didn't. Maybe this is part of why I didn't. I didn't really like it. Master Keaton really doesn't have much of a personality. He's kind of, he's kind of a boring main character. And uh, another thing that I found interesting was they have these really kind of contrived excuses for going and doing a lot of exposition on him so this a random character will be talking to another random character and then they'll say oh that's that's uh that's master keaton he was in he was in the special forces and he did this this and this and just the dialogue doesn't seem to be natural it's it's like like the author really needed he just one was dying to find an excuse for 
some secondary character to give the exposition behind Master Keaton. I don't know, maybe that would have been better if they'd just gone into flashbacks and just shown what he did, what he learned back then. I don't know. That, that's kind of part, of part of what I was mentioning when I said there's just too much dialogue and it gets boring. But Yeah, no, it's... it's... I would want to read, because I heard that there's some controversy over the writers, because the fact is that Hokusei Katsushiko is supposedly a pseudonym for Hajime Kimura, the guy who made Gogo 13, and then when he died, Urasawa took over. So I'd want to read Urasawa's chapters, because he's a good writer. I think it'd be yeah, better. Maybe, I mean, and maybe, you know, with the characters already being established, you don't have kind of that, you know, you need to get the exposition out of the way, you can kind of get into some more exciting stuff. I mean, a lot of this happens with um, a lot of TV shows in the first season is they're trying to establish the um, the characters and the, the universe that the show lives in. And then, you know, there's just a ton of, of uh, boring exposition to go through. Um, I guess they just didn't get me this time. Yeah, well, maybe next time. We'll see. Yep. Yeah, because this one was... Well, it seems like both of us had kind of a... Meh. Series. So maybe once we it's, spin... It's okay. I mean, going back and, and uh, listening to some of the other episodes that I've done, I I hate to... I, I, I feel like sometimes maybe, uh, you know, I'm, I go too easy on some of the mangas. So. Hey, hey, it's no problem. I've gone harsh on mangas. It's just how it is. It's if you like it, if you don't. That's yeah. all it is. Uh, so, speaking of which, let's find out what we're going to be reviewing for the next episode of the Spark and Manga Review by using the one, the only... The Wheel of Manga! Since we already introduced the Wheel of Manga, we don't have to go through the exhibition of what it is. Okay. So, so who spins first? So, you will spin first. As I spin usual. first? Yes. Alright, here I go. Four. So, I have number four, which is Sanctuary. That is a cool series written with the artwork by Ryuchi Ikigami, the guy who did Crying Freeman. It's pretty cool. Okay. Very violent. Uberly cool. Now, let us see what I'm reviewing for the next episode of the Spark and Manga Review. Please, not number 10. You get. Not bad. Number 1. Air Masters? Ah, uh, it's about a girl who kicks ass. Okay. And she's not like a girly girl. She's really just like a butch supergirl who kicks ass. Supposedly it's very awesome. Okay. We'll see, so. Ah, it's a quick episode, I think. It was done pretty well. How long is this? Ah, so I guess you can check us out at www.sparkin.com. You can email us at sparkin at gmail.com or uh, cal.sparkin at gmail.com or zan at spirekin.com you can check us out our forums now what is our forum website is it spirekin.rapidboards.com yep alright and also under twitter under spirekin and if you have xbox live I'll kick your ass under zan spirekin or cal can face you under his xbox live account if you ask him if you want to see it okay yeah let us know in email if you want to know my Gamertag. Yes, and uh, I think that's it for this episode. Is there anything else truly going on? Well, we have our new episode of the... Well, we have a couple of things going on. We have our new Spark and Movie Review episode, and what else? We have our new Spark and Movie Review episode. We also are going to be doing something really unusual for an Anime 3000, because they want us to review, do a rant... 
didn't tell you about that, but they want us to do a rant. Okay. That should be kind of fun. Us getting to rant about random and unusual things. And I guess that's it for this episode of Spark and Mong Review. So, as usual... I'm Cal. And I'm Zan, and we are Gonsville. See you next time.